When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Matt Lenehan, Boxing Social, in association with William Hill and Empire Fight Store. Delighted to be back here in Manchester, Champs Camp, with Joe Gallagher. Joe, first off, how are we? Yeah, all good, mate. Sun's shining and uh, the gym's warm and, uh, yeah, it's just a nice day, isn't it? A nice day. Everyone's been working hard. I was um, privy to a bit of the session there. They're all putting a lot of hard graft in. Let's just talk a little bit about the weekend. We saw Liam Smith and Chris Eubank Jr. in the rematch. I remember speaking to you before and we're asking, repeat, revenge, you were like, repeat in terms of what went before. We saw a little bit in the aftermath of Ben sort of saying Liam had to cut down a lot of weight um, off the back of a back injury. What did you make of the fight, first of all, and what happened? Um, it was a tough watch, obviously, being used to train Liam for many years. Um, it was a tough watch, um, but full credit has to go to Chris Eubank Jr. in the way that he went away. Um, I did say before it, he took himself abroad to America, um, invested in himself, took on what is the, the most hottest boxing trainer in the world, boxing at the moment, and he wouldn't have come cheap, and that showed you the intent Chris Eubank Jr. was coming to the fight. He'd uh, made the weight right, looked good at the weigh-in, and he came to this fight into the ring with a team behind him, with people that was confident where I felt last time he was there wasn't much confidence in that camp. They all really knew what was really going to happen. But listen, fair play to Eubank Jr. Solid game plan. Um, wasn't afraid to mix it up close and personal with Liam in early rounds. And um, yeah, it was a, a good performance. Shame, shame for Liam. When he got in the ring, I just thought he hasn't hydrated well afterwards. And... Um, yeah, when, when Liam would want to put his foot to the floor in the championship rounds, he wasn't going to be able to after making so much of a, a drastic wake-up. Just a little bit on Chris. Um, for me, it looked a career-best performance. He looked like he got the mixture of you know the styles. I, think, I feel like he's almost been stuck between styles for a while now, but he looked to get everything right. From, from your point of view, from a trainer's standpoint, is that a career-best performance from him? Yeah, I, I'd say so. When he fought George Groves, I know he felt came short, but he showed great tenacity and desire and grit. And afterwards, I thought, oh, do you know what I mean? Hopefully, he can go on. It's no shame losing to George Groves and win a world title. Then he just got caught in this middle ground of ticking over, fighting these people and that. And on that performance of the night now, I really hope he can go on and go and win a legitimate world title and to come out of the sport being classed as a world champion. He showed they had the skill of the night, the tenacity um, and the tactics and, and the team behind him to do that. So he uh, showed a great jab, um, kept a cool head, didn't rush in to try and finish things off. He picked his shots very well, and um, yeah, listen, Chris Eubank Jr. is a hot commodity in British from world boxing now. There's talks, obviously, of him and Conor Ben now fighting. Conor's, um, we believe, rumoured to be coming back out at the end of September, I think, fighting in America. And he says he wants that fight in the UK, providing everything gets cleared up with what's going on in the background with you, Conor, and with everything else. What do you make of that fight, if it is a, um, a 160? What do you make of it? Listen, I'm sure the way it'll be built up, obviously the, the history of the two fathers is what I've got to sell it. 
But um, as far as uh, Eubank Jr., he's in the driving seat. He's the A-side. He can pick. He's fought. I said to George Groves, Liam Smith. Connor Ben's not really fought for, I don't think he even fought for a domestic title yet or anything else. So of his name and his uh, diverse findings and the failed, uh, alleged failed to uh, drug tests, um, his name's famous for that, really, uh, more so than him winning titles. So, uh, yeah, Eubank Jr. holds all the cards. And I'd, like I said to you, I'd like him to go and win a, a world title. When he does that, then it would allow um, Connor, when he comes back, to fight the domestic belts, either the British and a European, and then build it up for a shot at the world title, which hopefully Chris will have by them. Let's just talk a little bit about some of the other fights that were on the card. So I know you had Mark, Mark Heffern on the card, came up short. Um, just quickly touch on Mark's performance and how is it? Yeah, Mark's all right. Listen, you've got to give full credit to Jack Cullen. He's um, spent his time in the game and, like I say, even though in the last year or so, 18 months, he's been in fights and he's lost, but he's lost to good calibre opponents for um, the European title and then one of the best hot prospects in world boxing at the moment. But at least he was still fighting. Um, it's no excuse, but Mark hadn't been in the ring for a year and um, at that stage of his career, 30, 31 years, it damages you a little bit. So... Uh, but take nothing away. Um, Jack Cullen landed landed the shot, and it was clean on the whisk, on the whiskers. And uh, fair play to him. And uh, um, yeah, I hope he, he deserves his success. He, he, he's somebody that's worked hard for it and deserves it, Mark. It's a chance for Mark now to sit down and uh, see where he goes from here. Now I'm sure there'll be fights out there. People say, "Oh, you could fight um, Zach Parker, uh, or I could fight um, Zach Cheller." There's, there's fights out there for Mark Efron, but he has to. Um, think about what he wants to do, the build-up to the fight and what goes on in the background with Mark Heffern. It's, um, if people were only to, to know what he has to deal with, it's just absolutely shocking mentally. Okay, right, let's touch on, there was two other fights I think that was sort of relevant to one of your current fighters. Now Natasha Jonas's name gets banded around mm-hmm. left, right and centre with some big names. Throughout the build-up to this, um, there was talks of Michaela Mayer, she obviously had stepped up in weight, I think, to uh, what's she fighting at? Um, 140, yeah. So, Michaela Mayer. Um, and also, I had Ben mentioned the likes of a, a Lauren Price. Um, what what do you make of Natasha and her next move? You mentioned about her potentially fighting abroad. What do you think will be next for Tasha? Well, Tasha won't be fighting Lauren Price next, so that's that one. Um, Natasha will be most probably fighting in Tanzania next. That's where she wants to fight. Um, we're in talks over there with the government, um, the tourists, all that type of stuff. Talks are ongoing, and um, we've invited Michaela Meyer to be the dance partner. Um, I spoke to her manager, George, here in Manchester last week. Um, Michaela Meyer ticks the boxes. Um, she's obviously American, former world champion. Um, she was top rank, Bob Arum. And um, I think she's the ideal dance partner for what I would see as a, a huge event, a sporting event for female boxing next year, to have it outdoors in a 65,000 arena in Tanzania. I think it's a, I mean, Tasha joke, it's like the female rumble in the jungle. And for Bob Arum to be involved in it when he was involved in the foreman and Ali, who would have thought years later that these two girls, so Natasha, she wants to do that, um, uh, and that's where she wants to go with it. So talks are ongoing, and that's where it'll be, but talks are Lauren Price, that, that's, that's not happening now. 
what sort of a statement would that be for Natasha to go to a place like that where you know we don't really hear of you know huge boxing events and to put on a, a fight with a Michaela Mayer and um, world titles on the line? What sort of a, a statement would that be, sort of, for women's boxing and for her? Yeah, listen, I've only said it to you a couple of seconds ago, but we're excited about it. Obviously, Tasha's become an ambassador of Zanibar and um, to go over there and to be part of it, that the whole movement of being part of something, like I said to you, without doing everything that Katie and Serrano's done, Savannah and Clarissa's done, to take that over there. I've seen the other day there's, there's a huge fight in Nigeria that wants to be made over there, and I think um, Africa and that side of the world is a, a flourishing continent, and to have Natasha Jonas over there against Michaela Meyer is a huge, huge women's event. 65,000 there, um, we sell it out, and I just think the endorsements and the TV and everything that'll go of it. I just think when Sasha retir- retires, she she was part of that, and that's why we ask Michaela Meyer to be uh, the dance partner with Natasha. If not, as we said to them, then we'll go and get some another someone else. Let's quickly move on. I just spoke to Jack Massey earlier and asked him, "Look, what's next for you?" Um, will it I'm be it? Buy a bag. That's what's next for Jack Massey at the moment. <laughs> I don't know what he's been doing before. As you've seen there today, oh my God. But anyway, he's getting better at it anyway. What's, what's next for him in the ring anyway? Like he was talking to him saying, are you going to have a whack at heavyweight again? You're going to stick at Cruiser, what are you doing? And he's like, look, hopefully we get him a fight before the end of the year. Um, some big names knocking about. What, what do you think can be next for him? I'd love for Chris Billum Smith for, for Jack Massey. I think it's a great fight. There's history behind. There's a, an ABA final between the two of them. And I think it's a good domestic fight that can tick a lot of boxes, whether it be here at Manchester Arena or down at the O2 or down in Bournemouth or wherever. I think it's a good domestic fight. Jack Massey's proven himself, former IBO Cruiserweight World Champion, gone the distance of Joseph Parker at heavyweight. And uh, I think that that's a good domestic fight, while the likes of Riappor or Kohler and then boys are... Um, I think he's fighting Jordan Thompson's fighting for the world version of the world title as well yeah. so while that sorts out I think that's a, a good domestic fight and it's one that could be made quite easily you think that in Lawrence activating his rematch clause or is, is that a fight that can happen what, what's the situation with that because I thought Lawrence had a rematch clause it, well if he has he has and if he reacts it, it, he um yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. But I'm just saying at the same time, Chris Billum Smith, like Jack Massey, the two young fighters, the both become fathers recently, and I want to go out there and um, no trash talking. You've got really two gentlemen of boxing there, and uh, I think it'd be a, a good fight for the pair of them. And I think it, it, it'd be, I, I liken it to at the time when you had the times when you had Kayla and Sibson and them type of boys. Do you know what I mean? And they're fighting each other and. Uh, yeah, I think they're the two gentlemen of the sport, and I think um, they do good to have that fight. I've got to touch on Paul Butler. Paul Butler, yeah, we'll talk on Paul. What's his next move? What, what's he? When's he next going to be out? And he'll be looking to become world champion again? Yeah, Paul's out hopefully at the end of October, beginning of November, and um, really working hard to uh, get him that world title opportunity and a chance for him to become a, a three-time world champion. You've seen he's in the gym today now. He's been busy setting up his business and as you see by social media, him and his missus like knocking down walls and putting them back up again. But he's put that to bed now and he's uh, concentrating now by the back end of the year, challenging for a world title of sorts. So fingers crossed. 
when you look at some of the young prospects you've got in, I've just had them all on today, and Sean Yaxley, Billy Dennis, um, Jake Dodd, who's coming off a, a, ter- a terrific first-round knockout. I know he's got his new canvas now, Jake, and he's, uh, he seems, you know, they all seem in such a good place. How pleased are you with the, the young crop that's sort of coming up behind these more seasons? And with JK Boxing as well, who's, um, he's, you know, he's coming in here keeping fit and he's ready now to, to kick on. You must be pleased with like, the crop of fighters. Yeah, 100%. I think Billy Dens, um, listen, it's unfortunate. Him getting a six-month ban, uh, and I, I just, I, I'm just shocked. But he's young, and get through the ban from his last fight, and then obviously move on. He's learning all the time. He's in the gym, and uh, he's somebody already that's improved, and people can see he's improved. He's uh, dedicated, and it's more a case of telling Billy uh, sometimes to know that's enough. And um, Josh Holmes, extremely dedicated. He's an exciting kid, 12 and 0. Hopefully, he'll break through back end of the this year, next year. Sean Yaxley, 12 and 0, 13 and 0, just won the Celtic title and the trinket IBO belt. Um, he'll be ready to break on the scene and then obviously Jake Dodd with he keeps coming in every day going 5 million views now 6 million views now so uh, yeah listen and like I said to him his pro debut people like Lennox Lewis putting out his knockout and stuff like that so he's living in the moment at the moment but yeah they're all good kids we're all planning a, going to plan a trip to the wild card in America just like I did with the, the last slot we'll throw them in to the wild card and we'll see who's got that bit of metal because I just feel over the next 12, 18 months them group of fighters are going to be the next wave of British champions, European challengers, world title challengers over the next two to three, four years. In the wild card, is that a good measuring stick when you put them into that environment where it is literally, like you mentioned, we talked about a little bit of like camp, camp here and chuck them in and see 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 how they handle themselves. Is that a good measuring stick? Because it's it's a, it's a famous gym, like you know you're trying to build this back up here um, um, at Champs Camp. The wild card's one of them sort of you know measuring sticks. Yeah, it is. I think I put a post out a couple of weeks ago, 2012. Who would have thought? Like I say, there was a picture. There was me, Fred, in at the time. I think there was. Callum Smith, Liam Smith, Scott Quigg, Crawler, Cardle, Ophie Burton, can't remember who else, but anyway, there were seven of them, and I thought, wow, all seven became British champions, six of them challenged for world titles, and um, was it three of them, Beefy, four of them be called world champions, Beefy, Quigg, Crawler, and Callum Smith, and you just thought, who would have known? And that trip, Callum hadn't made the Olympics, hadn't turned pro yet, but that trip for them was to see right who's got it because they were just about to start pushing for honours like British and European and world so it was good to see how Liam Smith, Crawler, Quigg, Callum, um, Callum Johnson how they reacted in that environment and I came away from it thinking Do you know what we can go to war with these lot do you know what I mean they're like they're not got to be shirking and, and it showed and that's what I'm wanting to do with these lot now to see who's got it and can they cope in the heat of battle. Well, it's going to be interesting to see, and we'll see who comes back, and we'll see who's going to be them sort of the next charge of going for the British and World Honours. Well. I've got to ask you because to, um, tomorrow, yes, tomorrow is the press conference between Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou. It's one of these crossover fights. I know it's not your traditional boxing, but I've got to ask you, um, what do you make of this um, coming together? It's a bit of an event. Mike Tyson's in the corner of Ngannou. Um, Ngannou, I believe, is in the Guinness Book of Records for, you know world's most, strong, most powerful punch however they've measured that or whatever what do you make of the whole the whole thing 
Listen, don't take that too serious. I thought Tyson, uh, Mike Tyson, was fighting John Fury. That's both the same. There could be a, a four-round move around there. But listen, like I say, listen, you have Champions League football and then you have a soccer aid. So you've just got to look at this like a bit of a soccer aid event. Um, it is what it is. Uh, it's not the first to do it. It won't be the last to do it. Muhammad Ali did it at Wrestler. Rocky did it with Hulk Hogan. James uh, Tony, I think, he did some. Yeah, it, listen, it is what it is, and if there's a, an appetite for it, there's a curiosity for it, then let let it go. Do you know what I mean? And listen, we all know, listen, the, the world heavyweight champions Tyson Fury. He's having a bit of time out. He's doing this. He's done appearances here in UFC, um, WWE, I should say. Yeah. So it is what it is. I don't think everyone should get too worked up or thingy about it, and just enjoy what it is. In terms of, we saw Usyk and Dubois just quickly. Um, did the performance from? Oh no, I've already, you know what? Yeah, I've already, I've already asked you this. But in terms of Tyson Fury now, what are the chances that we see him in with Usyk next year? Do you think that fight will happen? Yeah, I think that fight that happened. Uh, I, it was curious, really. Listen, I know Frank's got to do the best that he can do for his man and get the rematch with Dubois. But by getting the rematch with Dubois and Usyk is making it longer again for Tyson Fury. So I'm sure there'll be a few words, a few phone calls all, all, all along then there. Everyone would love to be able to eavesdrop on that. But, uh, yeah, I think it'll happen. I think... Um, Tyson Fury, after watching that, be even more confident. And I think that's Usyk now, his fifth fight in five years since the World Boxing Super Series. He's only fighting one fight a year. Um, Is that to his detriment, you think? I, I think so. I think, like I say, at 36, you've got to remember he's a smaller man, he's fighting bigger men. But... Um, yeah, that one fight a year is, is, is really not that good. I mean, five fights, five years, then people say, oh, he's soft downstairs. Well, of course he's got to be soft downstairs. He's not staying in the gym and fighting like the old fighters were, like your Foremans, your Nortons, your Weavers. Do you know what I mean? They were fighting regular and often and staying in the gym. So it's a shame. But like I say, I'd like to see Usyk and uh, Tyson Fury fight, and I think it will happen. Fingers crossed for all boxing. But look, Joe, um, appreciate your time and thanks for always talking to Boxing Social. And we'll catch up when there's some more news in this gym. Yeah, no problem. Nice to have you here. Sports Social Podcast Network.